<laughs> Hello, everybody. Yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So, of course, UK Cowboys time. How we doing, guys? One and two. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Busy week, so. Yeah, yeah. I, at the moment, I'm trying to do two things. I've got one eye on you guys and one eye on the combine. So it's all going on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of doing work while I'm doing this. <laughs> It all goes on at once. It all goes on at once. But you do have my undivided attention, so don't worry, don't worry. I, I'm I'm just kind of like I'm warlining. It's like trying to watch a game of tennis, basically. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that is the big news this week. Combine has started, which means we are officially deep into uh, draft season, uh, as we are on our draft show. Um, so uh, here we are. We did supposed to have a special guest with us, um, but... We're waiting a year back uh, on that. Never know, may turn up halfway through as these things sometimes go. Um, but yes, uh, we will get into some of the news. But the first thing I wanted to say and ask you guys is obviously Combine, um, which has been and um, for a very long time been held in Indianapolis. Do you think perhaps this is the last year? Because there's a lot of talk about that and it going to Dallas. Yeah, I mean... The NF the NFL certainly always keen to you know they've experimented with the draft yeah. moving it on from Radio City in New York, yeah. um, Dallas obviously with the Star they've got mm -hmm. the Baylor Scott and White building next door where they can yeah. do essentially what they do in the the hosp the hospitals that are next door to Lucas Oil Field, mm -hmm. so you can you, you can have everybody centralised you got the Omni um, Hotel in Fresco as well. So you can have everything there uh, and numerous practice fields as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, potentially it's a good landing spot there. And I'm sure, there, sure there's other teams that are in development of similar facilities as well to try and take, a, take advantage of this as well. And, of, of course, it will just generate a little extra income for the area as well. So. Yeah, yeah, which is always good. But yeah, I mean yeah. that is the big one with, with Indianapolis is obviously downtown. It's the medical facilities, and bear in mind it's not just the number of hospitals that they have because they do have quite a lot. It's also what they have there because um, they do have a lot of the state of the art equipment that that NFL or, or doctors and um, all these medical people are into and all that. You know, I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor, here, so don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's more that that's what it's all about, really, for them. Um, but it's going to be quite interesting. The big one, or the main thing, really, I think, for these guys, really, I mean, us as the fans, what we do is we hear the stories, we see the measurements, which are important, and I'm going to be loading them up on my board as uh, it progresses. But the big one, really, for the fans is... It's the drills that we get to see. You get to, for some people who don't watch college, it's the first time they see some of these people too. Um, but really, it, it, the most important thing I think in terms of NFL, where, where they're going to pick, the big ones you need to watch is who they're interviewing and how the medicals have gone. Yeah, which is the main one. But uh, we'll get into all of that in a moment. Should we get into some of the news that's hit us this week already? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's go for it. All right, then. Cool. Um, I tell you what, let's go with the graphic because that's always nice, isn't it? So let's hear. It. 
been a while since we hit that button, mind. So uh, it's it's quite nice to have it back up again. Yeah, yeah, made, wipe the dust off that one. Um, so the big news, obviously, so far this week, um, we spoke about it briefly on um, Tuesday. Is Dak actually um, has gone in for shoulder shoulder surgery? A bit of a tongue twister that one. Um, something that, that cropped up and it broke in the news. Me and Paul spoke about it, but we'll get your opinion since you're year long. Um, what do you make of that? Do you think that that is, in some ways, some of the issues that transpired towards the back end of last season? Well, it's, it's not his throwing shoulder, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, yeah, everything's all interlinked. That You know, Correct. everything, the whole the body mechanics. is... It, yeah, if if you're if you're carrying an injury somewhere, then yeah, you you adjust slightly, and that can have a a bearing on your effectiveness. We all mm-hmm. thought it was his, you know, we all thought it was maybe his recovery from the the um the calf. foot injury, the, the calf injury that he picked yeah. up in the New England game. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously there was question marks in training camp when he when he had time off that, and then. Obviously, you know, he hit hit the regular season strong to begin with up until that New England game and nobody talked about the problems of his shoulders anymore. Um, You know, again, maybe there was something that he was doing as a result of the injury in training camp that has affected his his non-throwing shoulder. Um, And you've got to think... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I, I don't see it. Don't say have a, a real bearing as as yet. It's it's early on. It's not described as being um, anything that's going to hold him out of training camp. Um, mm-hmm. Don't think it's even going to hold him out of OTAs either. So um, he should be able to go. So yeah, and I mean, I said as well after the season finished and we did the um, uh, the fan rant show. Um, I said in that, I wonder if perhaps some of the Dak injuries were more than they were letting on. Turns out there is some weight behind that that thought, if you like. Um, but in even bigger news that cropped up just as we were going live, uh, it's come through Blake Jarwin is having a major uh, hip surgery being done on him. Um so far, the rumours are he's not going to be there for the start of the season. Um, other rumours are it could be the end of his career. I mean, I don't know what you guys want to weigh in on this. I mean, this is quite a deal, especially this time of year, you know, as we're getting towards the draft. Yeah, I think I think the big thing is that they're saying this is a surgery that's very uncommon for mm-hmm. active players. You know, this is, this is almost like having hip replacement surgery or something yeah. like that but yeah. you know you normally expect that once a guy's retired and he can take a couple of years to to or it, you know he's not needing to put the same sort of pressure on the leg um mm-hmm. there, so this is concerning especially you know obviously we've got a lot of decisions to make over the next couple of weeks yeah um to get ourselves down under first of all under the cap and then start bringing people in and then, of course, it has a bearing on how you do in the draft. And, you know, we're seeing that, um, obviously, we'll get onto this, no doubt, but um, th- there's been a couple of t- 
tight ends that have said they've had informal interviews with um, mm-hmm. the Cowboys this week at the, at the Combine. And yeah. perhaps that's, um, you know, their hands being forced by the whole Blake Jarwin situation. Yeah. Um, it, it is interesting timing. And for me, prior to this news break-in and really what we were seeing... Um, so I'm fixing my boom. <laughs> but what one of the things as well that we that we were seeing that was cropping up as well that it was looking very likely that Dalton Schultz was going to be moving on. I think with this news, um, obviously the Cowboys are going to do their their due diligence with all of this. But I also think now this is some major news that Dalton Schultz may actually stay because of this. Yeah. I, I I think there's a big big part that's going to happen there um, with that. I I think so too. I mean, you know, if you're if you're talking that Sean McKeon is going to be your your starting tight end for um, the, the opening of training camp at the moment, mm. but before you've even brought anybody else in as um, a, a, as a free agent or a draft pick, you know, that is quite concerning to me. Um, now again, how how do you get um, Schultz in? Is a question um, because obviously we've got to get under the cap first of all, and then mm-hmm. you know you can't just franchise tag as we've said is well it's still to be properly set, but I mean you're probably looking at about eleven twelve million dollars yeah, for it this would year. Be, yeah. Um, yeah. If if you use that before um, during this period then you know that'll be what Schultz's agents are looking for as a as a sort of per year basis anyway. Um Jarwin to get rid of it, I've just had a look on over the cap. If we mm-hmm. if we cut him this year, it's two million against the cap, but a saving of um just just under four million. Um mm-hmm. okay. you know so that, that's still sort of you you've st- still got a sort of shortfall of um Seven million or so mm. um, to try and sign Schultz. <laughs> yeah, because um, I mean, let, let, let's move into this then. Because well, one of the things that has cropped up this week, Stephen Jones, we reported it uh, on our uh, page, was they they asked him about uh, Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, Zeke Elliott, and he's turned around and he said Look, they're in love with Zeke. Um, two points to that are, of course, Zeke's 26, so he's hitting his athletic prime. So this is really what you're waiting for. You draft a running back for this, for this moment, for this year. Uh, 26, 27, 28, you know, which is what DeMarco Murray was when he had his storm of the season with us. Um, yep. Emmett Smith, you know, when he was hitting his prime, that's the age you, he was looking at. Um that's what they're looking at. They're, they're, he's hitting this apex of what he's going to do. Once you get to like 29, 30, things start to go downwards. Um, and he pretty much, Stephen Jones has said, nah, Zeke's our guy. We're keeping him. He's the man for us. Um, love everything about him. So it doesn't look like they're going to be doing much. I don't know if that means, though, and I don't know what you guys think. If they're going to, because they did it last season, and I'm not a fan of it, especially with running backs. But they're looking at restructuring Zeke, do you think? 
Potentially. It's potential, but I mean, everything's sort of cast iron at the moment with his contract. You know, the, yeah. you, you, the, the best you can do is kick it down, the, kick the can down the road, have have some voidable years or something like that. And mm-hmm. you, as, as we talk about, I mean, at the tail end of his contract, um, you know, you, 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 you've maybe got um, dead money that hits the cap. But yeah. then, you know, when are you potentially talking about getting rid of Zeke? You know, we've been talking that the last couple of years, we haven't seen the same Zeke that you saw when he came into the league. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, and does he fit into the Mike McCarthy system? Does he fit into Kellen Moore's system? You know, do we do we have um, an embarrassment of riches or have we had an embarrassment of riches the last couple of years because that you've got so many wide receivers, so many running backs, you've got tight ends. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's only so many people that the ball can be given to. Yeah. Um, you know, so there, there's lots of question marks. I think if, if Zeke didn't have the contract that he had, perhaps Stephen Jones wouldn't be saying the same thing. Perhaps Stephen Jones would be saying, well, you know, that's one of the decisions that we've got to make, which is what he's essentially saying about Demarcus Lawrence and um, Amari Cooper. Yeah, 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 because that's the other one, is when they asked him to speak about Amari Cooper, he turned around and very non-committal. It was, mm, I'll get back to you on that. Um, I don't know what you guys make of that. You think that it, it's in the cards? I think I think so. Um, I think at least one of them, so- something happens to one of them. Um, you've obviously we've got to get under the cap uh, to begin with, but um, I think they'll if they're going to do anything with them, they'll be designated a post June first cut. Yeah, um, yeah. So that you get you get the maximum amount of benefit back. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously over two years. Yep. Yeah. And. As if we bring up the point there that uh, Valenti's bringing up, that you know, obviously there's talk about Dak's contract being restructured. Yeah, All that yeah. is simply they'll they'll take a portion of his uh, base salary this year, turn they'll turn it into bonus. a signing bonus and split it over the next five years. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's been reported as as early as the beginning of um, I think almost the week after. Uh, Dallas were eliminated from the playoffs. That that's what they do, um, and you know all that. All that means is that potentially you, you're talking about 18 million hitting the dead cap if we don't sign Dak to another deal after 2025 or whatever. Yeah. Um, this void, this talk of the voidable years, everything gets escalated if you don't sign him to another contract. Anything that you've got in those voidable years gets escalated into the voidable year after the the actual number of um playing years mm-hmm. so yeah yeah I, i'm with yeah. you there and go on sorry i was gonna let you you can no, go no, if no. you want paul you got something to add on him nothing really i'm sorry <laughs> like i think lawrence just pretty much covered it all sorry i'm just still kind of like trying to do two things at once here sorry i'm kind of <laughs> a wee bit de- decommissioned here tonight yeah, yeah, and I mean the other one, um, the big news we was going to talk about then um, was obviously the London games because the home games have been announced. 
something we was going to speak about Jeff about uh, if he come on tonight um, was, I mean, the chances. I know you, Lorna, looked into it in terms of yeah. the, the the rules uh, and what the stipulations are in terms of that. Yeah, Chris, Chris uh, just to kind of add, what, what see the research that Lauren did, I kind of did mm-hmm. upon it myself, Chris, when you do look mm-hmm. at it, this year's actually the the NFC team's visit, yeah. mm-hmm. being the home team. Chris, obviously you're saying that Jacksonville's, yeah, they're the AFC team, but they're always trying to be in London, Chris, they're the designated London team. So, mm-hmm. this, but all the other games is all NFC home teams, have you may have noticed, but it comes to Munich comes to Mexico and London so so it does fit the criteria of this new rotation system where it's going to be in an opposing um, conference so with that being said is the Jacksonville the only question kind of remains is Jacksonville got an exempt from doing that yeah that that's the only thing I am not too sure about because they're always going to be in London. They can pick whoever they want within their schedule to play at London. So, is that but, is that in 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 the rule or not the rules? Is that what was written there? Well, that's that's one we're not too sure about. Um, yeah, there is there is nothing in the rules. Uh, anything that's been released has, has said that it's going to be as, as Paul said. There, it's it's got to be an interconference match. So whoever's hosting, i.e., NFC this week. Uh, yeah. The the talk is the um, the Buccaneers game in Munich potentially is going to be the Chiefs. It's going to be a rematch yeah. of the Super Bowl, and that'd be a brilliant okay. that'd be a brilliant um, po- poster game for NFL Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, if you look last year, the Jacksonville game that that was an interconf that was a an AFC team that came across as well. So maybe they don't have the same rules. Maybe last year was a, but a, I, a special. I, but I don't know if you read the article. Uh, it was on NFL.com. Um, the actual rotation would actually start from this year, right? From twenty twenty two onwards. So last year was just basically a complete free for all, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, mm. but this year is where the rotation will go on, uh, as you would expect. And for and for next season, all the home teams will be AFC teams against NFC teams. So, um, just to kind of bring up the point here. Um, so, yeah, Jags and, or Packers. It's it's definitely not going to be the Packers because they're the yeah. based on the rotation system. They're going to play whatever AFC team is on their away, who, who are on the road, uh, whoever's on the road against Green Bay at home, that's who they're going to be playing. So, and regards to Jacksonville, there's only two NFC teams, and that's the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. So mm. if it is that, then it's a 50-50 chance that it's going to be us, rather being 10%, 15%, whatever, if, we, if you are counting the AFC teams. Yeah, 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 and and obviously there there was a big thing that was announced that you know Jacksonville's contract actually was with White Hart Lane and they've got out of it for this year and moved yeah. it to Wembley. Yeah, now, Wembley has the larger audience um, or larger stadium capacity. Perhaps you know that signifies that it could be 
a team like the Cowboys, uh, you know, obviously, yeah. If, I, if you go if you go by the two visiting NFC teams that are on the Jacksonville schedule, it's us or the Giants. Giants have a good following as well. Being a, being a East Coast team, yeah. Um, time you know, wise, it, time wise, it's a short hop. Um, you know, obvi- obviously, we get a lot of people who go across to the states, go to New York to do sh- Christmas shopping and things like that. <laughs> s- s- same on the way back, they can just come across here. Dallas, obviously, you know, Dallas will obviously you'll have thirty-one, as you guys say, it was thirty-one teams versus the Cowboys yeah. in twenty fourteen. Um, yeah. You know, and you- you're always going to bring lots of people across anyway. To these games um so yeah i i think it's definitely looking at either us or the giants but you know yeah um, i mean just to kind of follow up from that like regards to the the jags contract type of thing like you're absolutely spot on there with long because it was all to do with the whole white heart lane tottenham hotspur stadium contract because um there's a reason why they got out of that is because they feel that it's not, I don't know if it's more of an exemption for this year or is it because it, it, it was pretty much an overall NFL contract. That's the thing I'm kind of confused about about us. I think when it was when it was announced in the Daily Mail, um, I think they said something, you know, uh, Khan had sort of made a comment that, yeah, yeah they're they're playing at Wembley this year, but the hope is that they'll be back at White Hart Lane next year. Um, you know, this is just a one-off that they're, uh, you know, and Can's Can's got mixed responsibilities because he he obviously had put in a a bid to um, to buy out Wembley as well mm-hmm. mm. um, from the the English FA as well. Yeah. So you know, That's he's right. obviously got he's got an interest in maintaining contact with that stadium as well that's another thing as well do you know what here's what it could be as well and it could be worth it it could be the fact that they had one game remaining of that existing contract with Wembley before the Tottenham thing happened Hmm. so they're just just trying to finish it up and that's it so they're obligated to take that game so but even still though I'm not complaining because it's going to it's going to a better stadium, and that and it, I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking that it's like it, it has to be us. Like, I'm sorry, I, I'm pure sold on the whole a narrative on this. I can't see why it cannot be us, especially after what Mikey Spagnola has been saying. Mm-hmm. After what Dave, Dave Hellerman told me when I was in Kansas, he thinks because the way how the Dallas Cowboys media. And all the, the the internal staff have been talking about it. They kind of feel as though that London is definitely on the cards this year. So, mm-hmm. and yep. and and when we say we, when we actually have spoken, them, I, we have because because we have good connections with DallasCowboys.com. Yeah. So we we're, we're not lying or making speculation here. So, I so I'm I'm very confident. I would say I'm in the seventy-five percent region now. Of it's going to be Dallas. <laughs> I, I, I think this is a, I think this is a problem. I mean, obviously, su- Sunday night Scott Hansen had gone to 
his Instagram page and said, oh, there's a big announcement tomorrow with, yeah. regarding the teams for it. And everybody's going, right, great, we find out the matchups. And yeah, then that, like, yeah, then you had one other tweet same year where Drone announced just the home teams. I'm like, what is the point of that? That, is, yeah, that, 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 that to me is just completely, don't get me wrong, we've all done it before, it's clickbait. Yep. Sure. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, to be honest, if from looking around the, all the rumors and everything like that, the Saints have been locked in a couple of weeks back. Oh yeah, the, yeah, that, that, that the, was the, yeah, yeah, that was confirmed by um, I think it was NBC or yeah, or CB, yeah. it wasn't CBS. It was like NBC Sports or something like that. There was an article about it saying um, that they got confirmation that, that it was going to be in New Orleans, and I kind of I. Kind of broke the news to that with RJ and um Beg on the the World's Team podcast about that. Um, so we yeah. knew it was, so we knew the two home teams were going to be. Also, it was on the Wikipedia page as well. As a, a so. yeah, and then the, the as as I say the, the the Buccaneers game was mentioned that it was going to they were going to be the team for Munich. Um, yeah, cause, cause again, were, again, probably at least a week before. Um, in fact, I, as I say, I believe it's the Chiefs that are going to Munich as well. Um, that will be a massive game. Um, yeah, and also it's down to the the whole international marketing initiative as well. Like, because obviously yep. Can- Kans- uh, Kansas and Tampa Bay are both assented Germany, I believe. Yeah, they're they're two uh, of the al- four teams. So. Yeah, along with Carolina, and there was one other NFC team I can't remember. Um. Uh, I'll come back to me, but 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 the, I think the biggest surprise was Arizona with Mexico. I think that was the biggest surprise. Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly when Mi- when Mickey dropped that last week on on the on this podcast that you know yeah. he, it wasn't going to be the Cowboys going to Mexico, um, and then you know obviously it was announced on Monday that it was Arizona. That was pr- that, and the Packers actually coming to London was interesting. You know, all these Packers fans have been waiting for so long to see Aaron Rodgers and yeah. you might not even see him, you know, albeit the talk is, <laughs> yeah. albeit the talk is he is coming back now mm. for, for well, Green Bay. I, but I, but I, he I may not have his star wide receiver. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I know we're going off on a pure tangent about the, the international game, but I want to get your guys thoughts what are going to be the free London games. So, I've got the scenario of the teams that are potentially that could face New Orleans, Green Bay, and Jacksonville. So obviously, for us, it's between Giants and Cowboys for Jacksonville. For New Orleans, it's Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Las Vegas. And for Green Bay, it's New England, New York Jets, or Tennessee. That's the only outcomes. I think it's going to be Tennessee... I think I've heard I've heard talk. It's probably going to be the Bengals. Oh, I've talk. I've actually heard uh, other than that. I've heard it's going to be the uh, the Raiders, but I could right. I could be wrong. Okay. I could be wrong. Yep. Um, and and again, I my as you say, I'm probably about seventy five percent. My headset just died. <laughs> I'm probably about seventy-five percent that we're going to be doing podcasts from a pub in London. 
Oh yeah, yeah. in October. Yeah. Oh, yeah. November, absolutely. absolutely. We've 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 already mapped out half of London of the plans and everything <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah. Sad. So sad. So sad. But um, uh, here's one of the things I wanted to get into though. And at the moment, the tight ends are at the combine doing their um doing some of the athletic drills. We're actually running 40s at the moment. I've been watching that while you guys have been talking. Um, but here's a list I'm going to give you guys. Ah, there we go. We're all at it, yeah? Um, I'm just going to give you a list that these are the guys so far they've had informal interview with. Uh, and notice a pattern emerging here. So we've got tight end Jalen Watermeyer. Nice. Yep. Please bring him home. Bring him home, baby. Um uh, <laughs> Tight end, Isaiah Likely. Uh, Kate Mays, uh, who's offensive tackle. Um, Bernard Raymond, which I really, really like. And I like the fact they spoke to him. Another offensive lineman. Uh, Traylon Burks, that's quite an interesting one. He's one of the guys who's on my combine watch, which we'll get through in a minute. Um, yep. We've got then, which is quite interesting. And I, I want to get your guys' take on this. They've had informal interviews, and I know what informal interview means, you know, as we were speaking. It, it's a huge, open-bracketed, um, you know, what what does that mean question in there. Um, but Texas A&M's running back, Isaiah Spiller, and Baylor's running back, Abram Smith. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I think, you, you know, there's been talk that you need you do need a third running back at least, mm, um, you know, so that, you know, it's not all on Zeke if Pollard yeah. goes down or Pollard if Zeke goes, you need somebody who's complementary. We had that with Corey Clement to an extent, but, you know, he's obviously, he's a veteran. He's con he's commanding veteran minimum where mm -hmm. you can get a rookie to do it for cheaper. Yeah. You've got, You've got guys like Rico Deldo and um, Shiwu, but Shiwu, we don't know how he's going to respond coming back from a neck injury that obviously yes. put him on IR in training camp. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it is something we need to think about. And you, just having fresh legs, um, somebody who can come in, learn the system behind, yeah. um, behind the likes of Zeke and Pollard, Obviously, this time next year we'll be talking that Pollard will be, um, he'll be he'll be a free agent. Yeah. Zeke will be past all of the sort of um, guaranteed salary yeah, for Zeke. That's right. so, you have an out you know, with Zeke next you, year. You have an out. Yep. Mm. Uh, albeit you still got a couple of years worth of um, signing bonus to absorb. But yeah, again, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the new the new NFL TV contracts kick in, so the the cap level the should be rising as well. Yeah, plus the um, natural way it inflates anyway each year as yeah. well. Yep. Um, so, I mean, it, it is interesting. I, I'm with you. But I just wonder, here's the reverse of the argument on that, is they had Zeke last year, and we found out then he played most of the season with an LCL injury. It was the L, wasn't it? Was it an LCL? Yeah, lat it the was. lateral yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much did what he did with that injury. And we very seldom saw Tony Pollard. I know he was dealing with some injuries himself as well. Um, but my argument to um, 
drafting another running back is you had two, one who was your RB1 had an injury and you still didn't really use your second running back. So if you've got two running backs and you barely managed to use both of them, you only stuck with one, why would you draft another one and just to sit around and do nothing again? Yeah. Especially at a time when we're talking about tight end, linebacker, you know, people are still talking about offensive line. If they do ship off Amari Cooper, wide receiver, there's a lot of moving parts. It's it's a lot of changes this year um, within the squad. Um, whether mm. we're going to have to accept it or not, that's the truth. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, yeah, there was Kate Orton as well. There's another one I've written yep. that down. So that's a lot of tight ends they've looked at. And you know, I get your take on this, Paul. That that's a lot of, of tight ends that they've looked at in just one day, informally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Does, the, that, does that speak about they knew the, about the Blake Jarwin injury or what their plans are going ahead? They must have got our heads up on it, so they must have. They really must have. Well, that's just them starting early. Like this is mm -hmm. like like why are the combines going on right now? Pretty much. But normally you would interview them after the combine. Is that right? Normally, um, not normally. No, they, they do the interviews during the combine, but they have these informal interviews. They call them. Oh, that, yeah, that's why I'm getting confused. Yep. About I'm talking mm. about the informal interviews. They actually mm. visit the facility and stuff like that. That's what I was trying to mean. But oh, um, yeah, so they're 30 visits. Yeah, they'll get them later yeah. on. Plus, they get Dallas Day as well. Yeah, so yeah, for them to kind of snooping about it and pretty much nearly every tight end is there. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it kind of speaks volumes. So yeah. I think, uh, rest assured, we will be drafting at a tight end at some point in this draft. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's in the cards. And the fact that one of the names, which is quite interesting, that will be at Dallas days we spoke about, will be Jalen Wallemeyer. Um, and they've spoken to him. So already there's this pattern starting to emerge. And um, I know this was what was happening in the late, you know, when Leighton Van Der Esch got in, you, you know, the, the year he got picked. This was the sort of pattern that they started going down. They were like, and you could just see it. And I wonder if this is just the start of that pattern starting to emerge, um, like it was. Because we were sitting there going, uh, I'm, you know, Leighton Vanderash has got to be, and he's still there, and he's still available, and it's getting closer to that pick, and he's still available. And you just went, I, I suspect this is going to be Vanderash. And then it was. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't expect us to draft Vanderash, to be honest. It was in it was in the cards. You could just see it. Yeah, I, it, I think about, I think about three or four weeks before the draft. I mean, the the draft show were all you know. It, I know, bro. Was, I know, bro. This was, was slow, quite high on it. It was slowly building in a sort of juggernaut that we were going to be signing mm. or drafting LVE. And sure enough, when it came to when it came to what was it nineteen that year, mm -hmm. you know. That's right. We, we, we picked them up so yeah. um i think i think there's little hints and i mean it'll be interesting to see obviously um the draft show are sort of have been uh saying that will mcclain might be sitting down with them today i don't i haven't caught the show mm. yet and i don't know if it's actually aired yet but um if that's happened you know that'll be interesting though you know, obviously, Will McClay will need to be a little bit tight-lipped about what what he says, but um, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you might get a few glimpses as to what they're thinking. Um, obviously, you know, things like the 
the Jarwin injury, it'll be Cowboys doctors that will have done this. This won't have been mm-hmm. Blake going off and seeing his agent and saying, oh, you know, this is a little bit sore and they go and book him in. It's yeah. as, part of the, as part of the sort of exit interviews that they have w- once the season's over. They say, you know, what's uh, shall I go through exit physicals because there is mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. a, again, as, as part of a sort of um, due diligence, you, you can't just release everybody out and then, yeah. you know, they go, oh, uh, you know, this is bothering me. And, you know, the, then you've got a lawsuit coming in, especially as, America is quite litigious that, um, you know, so, something happens and it's not being signed off by the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that, that yeah, that, that was, the, the, the exit side of it all, the exit interviews, as you say, it's not just as simple as, thank you very much for your time, this is what we think of you, here's a trash bag, go empty your locker. There is a step-by-step process, and one mm-hmm. of yeah. it is, like you say, the due diligence of the player's health at the end of that season. It is a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, what I thought I'd do, because it's combine week, I thought I'd do combine watch. Tell me what you think. I've got a number of players here, and at home, tell me what you guys think. These are guys who I'm looking at my reasons behind uh, the reasons uh, for watching them in this combine. Straight out the gate. Go on. I can't really make a comment because I've not watched any of it because I've been busy with other stuff. (laughs) You're all right, but once I give you the names... You'll be sufficiently happy because I have been teaching you, Paul, as we've been going along. You may not have noticed it's been subliminal, some yeah. of it, but I'll give you the first name and straight away you're going to feel confident, right, Paul? So, the first guy I'm watching straight out of the gate is the guy we spoke about Tuesday, Nicobe Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I want yeah. to look at the testing numbers because he is great as a leader, um, good skills, good IQ. Um, I want to know what his testing numbers are like. How does he test physically, um, especially on the time drills? So that's um, speed and agility drills. I wonder why he's doing it. Because for me personally, when we spoke about him last week, although, you know, you, you could talk about the size and you can't train size really. And, you know, you go to the gym, but you're not going to want to do that with Nakobe Dean. I do like the fit. That's what's important to me. He fits the Dan Quinn scheme, which is all about speed behind the line. He just absolutely yeah. loves it. And the Kobe Dean fits that. I don't know what you guys think. He was my number one guy I'm going to be looking at in the draft, uh, in the draft, in the combine. Um, what are your guys' takes on this? And I know, Paul, you spoke with me about the Kobe Dean on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> But my main question is, 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 is linebacker going to be the position that we're going to draft at, at number 24? I don't know. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I it, It's going to be that, I, I keep saying, it's going to be that balance of best player available, but at, that meets the better need, the bigger need. So, I mean, or the biggest hole. Mm. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> offensive line is a massive update linebacker could do some extra strengthening for sure mm-hmm. but i wouldn't say it's our biggest weakness because we've got obviously a um, parsons but but there is still voids to fill but definitely but i mean we might bring some of these guys back we might bring lve back in a one-year deal we don't know like there's still so many open uh, 
open pathways to what we're going to do at number pick number 24. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if it was me personally, I really don't know. Like, we still don't even don't know what we're going to do about wide receiver because if we do get rid of Cooper, then there's that there's that question. It's like, do we pick up uh, Chris? Oh, is it Chris Olivi? Chris Olave, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, there's the talk about drafting him as the potential replacement for wide receiver. There's obviously there's the ongoing talks of offensive line with um, the Texas A and M boy Kenyon uh, Kenyon uh, Green. Green. Yeah, mm-hmm. Green. And there's also like so Zion Johnson and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Guys at guys at guards, which I would not be mad if we picked that. I would be very happy because they would be an instant upgrade from the Corner Williams experiment. And no disregard, <laughs> but like I honestly, like if there's one thing I'll be really upset about, and I know we're talking about the draft, but if we do re-sign him again, ah, we if that's the only thing if we like. If there's only one thing, if the re-signing Connor Williams mm-hmm. happens, the only thing that's going to make me happy if we change our O-line coach. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's, old... that's obviously not, you know, we've changed the wide receivers coach. I think if we were changing the offensive line coach, I think that would have happened by now. So I'm afraid that yeah. it's, it's filming for another year at, at least yeah it's it's not it's not boosting my confidence at all for next season at all if i'm being mm. perfectly honest i know i'm saying i'm sound like i'm pure drawing dead and gloomy right now but next season is going to be an absolute struggle like a lump it like normally where the team is like, yeah we're going to win the super bowl every year yeah everyone's got a puncher's chance for sure but but when you take all things considering in terms of the cap, in terms of players' contracts, in terms of trying to make room for the cap and et cetera, et cetera, player injuries like Jarwin's example, like what we're going to do with him, what we're going to do with Schultz, there's so many factors. Like we're not going to have that same caliber of a team that next season compared to last season. Like, 100%. So yep. it's, going to, it's going to be a like, I'm just trying to set some realistic realistic expectations within mm-hmm. Cowboys Nation. So and not to try and get anyone's hopes up besides London, obviously. But <laughs> you know, but um but realistically on the football field, it's gonna be really tough. And yeah, um for the draft, whoever's best available. That's yeah, it. yeah. No, I, and I'm with you. And, uh, you know, the other names are, are is a couple of names we just spoke about. Jalen Watermeyer, Isaiah Likely. They're two guys. Mainly, I want to see what pattern that they follow. Are they following the scouts pattern on, are they going to interviews? Are they getting more formal uh, conversations with the likes of, you know, Mike McCarthy or Will McClay? What's going to happen there? Uh, so they're mm-hmm. a, an important one. Here's one for you, though. Would you be happy if they drafted, say, day two, a cornerback? I wouldn't be against it, but I would say that's the least priority compared to Because mm-hmm. we've got, yeah. well, um, we've got, like I said, the Nashon Wright with Kelvin Joseph and like mm-hmm. said, so we've got those guys there waiting to have like their year two, pretty much like, but Kelvin didn't really have much of an impact as much as we wanted exactly. to be being a second round, a second rounder from last mm-hmm. year. So, so 
I'm willing to test the waters and see what he can do in his second. Because we saw that with Diggs. Like we saw glimpses of Diggs in his rookie season, like the whole game against Seattle, um, disrupting DK Metcalf, and then season after he just ended up going to the Pro Bowl, leading mm-hmm. in interceptions. You name it. If if it's more to do with just settling into the team and getting to know the system under Dan Quinn, then hopefully. Joseph will be more comfortable and actually actually executing the plays. And obviously, he had a couple of injuries during preseason and stuff like that. Yeah. So, there's there's all those wee minute, uh, small factors that can play into this. So, but I definitely think cornerback would be our least priority into okay. this draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think I think our three biggest areas at the moment are offensive line, particularly the interior offensive line, but. Uh, we've also spoken that you know we don't know what Josh Ball is. We don't we don't yeah. know um, what we have as a, a, by way of tackles. Um, you know, and as Graham, who mm. unfortunately is laid up with COVID now, um, as as he's saying, you know, uh, we're we're never guaranteed to get seventeen games out of Tyron Smith. Um, True, you know. Lyle Collins was subpar last year, um, you know, and then there was a the whole question about missing the tests, trying to bribe people as well. You know, that's that's just, you know, can you trust him to be there for another for another year, um, seventeen games wise? Mm. So I think offensive lines one thing. Linebacker, obviously, we've spoken. We don't have a lot there. Um, and defensive line, I think if you if you're potentially talking about particularly if you're potentially talking about getting rid of Demarcus Lawrence, so maybe might potentially able... that may be potentially too. Yeah, Randy like, Gregory, we, Randy Gregory, Gregor, maybe like we might lose both of them. We don't know. That's the that's Brent, the thing, Lon. Yeah, Brent, Brent Urban, Dorrance Armstrong's away. You know, all of the, all of these guys. Um, we need to we need to bolster that. Defensive line. We still don't. Odigi Zuwa obviously had a good year last year, but you know, can he can he build on the second year, or will he suffer from the sophomore slump? Um, you know, we're we're a make or break year with uh, Tristan Hill this year. It's contract year for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Gallimore, who's got another two. He's got two years, yeah. but obviously he had the injury in training camp. Can he? Uh, last a full season um, you know you've just got to turn these over and then we've got to see what you know obviously if we get rid of Amari you know does that mean that we're looking at somebody like Traylon Burks in the first round um, so, and that's a guy so- that's a guy I've put as one of my combine watch guys when you mention yep. him and you know the important one with him is going to be the agility gels what's his 40 time yeah because if he can get a good 40 time I think that's going to interest Dallas. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm one of these people over drums to the combine now. I'm kind of like, what's the bloody point? Because <laughs> you don't actually. I'm I'm sorry, but you don't see them wearing bloody helmets and pads. You don't see them that, in the real. Yeah, that's a, that's our side. Do you know what I mean? For yeah. for the yeah. scouts, it's all about the stuff behind the scenes that we don't see, the interviews, because it's really really important yeah, the interview yeah. side of it all. Does but, it fit? I does does it, he like, fit what they're trying to do? Yeah, I think it's it's more of a show and tell, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you've got um, 
who's at Jeff Cavanaugh and Brian Broders have a podcast called Trust the Tape. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is, this is, you know, we only start looking properly at the draft as and when the NFL regular season is over. Yeah. Cowboys have been looking at the draft probably from the minute um, Roger Goodell said that's the end of the 2021 NFL draft. They're yeah. already looking at 2022. They're already discussing players for 2022. Um, they've got they've probably got a good idea on potential board going forward. What these player testing that you see at the combine? Obviously, the the main thing, as Mike says, is it's interviews, getting the medicals done as well, mm-hmm. so that you can say, oh, wait a minute, this guy's this guy's leg shot. Let's he he's off our board or whatever. But yeah. what happens with these testing is that you, you you maybe particularly say an offensive line the 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 first ten yards of a forty yard dash that's what they're interested in if, if somebody if somebody comes in and sets sets that on fire that wasn't on their board to begin with they'll then go back and have a look mm-hmm. at the tape again and say can he be a fit for us so these guys. Yeah, it's a job inter. It's mostly the job interview for the mm-hmm. for these potential candidates. They're, they're coming in, they're, they're doing the discussions. But what they do on the field, it gets the scouts saying, right, wait a minute, he, he had a he had a one point five second a uh, ten yard ten yard split. That's that's what we need for an offensive lineman. Yeah. Let's go back and have a look at his tape. Can can we can we use his his deficiencies can we develop them mm-hmm. is something mm-hmm. that we can get immediately and that just firms out how the board is um so i think yeah you know I, yeah I, i'm kind of saying a wee bit arrogant from that format but it's just i, I see more thing like to me it's just like yeah you can bench press as much like yeah it shows the signs of strength yeah which is great i've to me like for a o-line and d-line perspective that's very fundamental but but for like a wide receiver or something like that or a cornerback, like I wouldn't expect them to be, be like exhausting now on a bench press, for example. But yeah, like I think there's certain drum shit. It's yeah, but yeah, I, I was just kind of being a wee bit ignorant there about that. <laughs> it's know. it's a number of things, you know. Like yeah. like what it does is if you have a question mark on a player. And it can be a number, any number of things. So the guy is, um, he is tall and lanky, but how does he fare on the 40, like say a wide receiver that we're doing now? Or, um, you know, for instance, um, you know, you have a, a, a uh, offensive lineman that take, for instance, like Linderbaum, who, by the way, has just announced he's not doing any of the drills. He's out yeah. for in, foot injury. Um, right. So it's like, say, for instance, like a guy like Linda. So you say, okay, so what are your movement skills like? So you can have a look in uh, in a vacuum what his movement skills are like and how they hold up. Or say, for instance, if a guy's got a, an unusual technique, like something that's a little unorthodox, and you can put that and have a look to see, and is that something you can work with? And that's what it's good for. Sorry, mate, I need to bring this back a bit here. Yeah, Linderbaum says he's not participating because of a foot injury. Mm-hmm. So what's stopping him from doing the bench press? Nothing. Hmm. That to me, like that to me, tells a lot of things as well. 
there you go. Then there's your combine. Um, mm. And here's another uh, sneaky thing. Yeah. Here's another sneaky thing. Right, the people they they don't actually realize this really important with the combine. Right, from the moment those guys step out of the door of their hotel, there's always someone watching. Yeah, you just then, have to look at the, the Malik Willis uh, footage that has just happened yeah, where that's cropped up. Um, he, he's I don't know if you've seen this, Paul, but mm -hmm. there's there's um he, he was helping somebody who was down and out living on the streets the other day, and he. I don't know, stopped to help gave him, him something. gave him some cash or whatever mm. as well. And, um, you know, obviously it, you, the cynical could say, oh, the person that filmed it is maybe one of his team and is, you know, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. But it's yeah. he, he was, by all accounts, he was filmed from across the street and it's not Doing something, something says, general. Oh, wait, I'm going to go, I'm, yeah. I'm going to help somebody. Um, you know, so this is showing that he is he's got good character when the yeah. camera's not necessarily on him. Um, you've not got a concern that he's suddenly going to go into bars and he's got a posse <laughs> that um they're all going to yeah. shoot the place off or whatever. That's it. And rolled up um, notes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like that, this is a big thing with the combine, is not this what they don't realize, and even the prospects, I'm sure they get told, but they're in this testing environment, and it might be that. They're on the, the field doing the drills, so they're like they they're in that zone, and they 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 are as you see them. And from the, some of the staff and the scouts, they might go like, "Okay, that's how he is there. How is he when he re doesn't realize we're watching? Like, what type of person is he now? Like, um, the guy in the canteen, uh, you know, the guy who's coming over to give him a drink. How, little things like this, because it will determine really what they're looking at." in terms of their character. And that's what they're looking at too, their personalities. Does that fit what you're willing to take a chance on? And it's those little things um, that we don't see, um, but it is part of it. And that's what they're watching. But the thing is, is like I say, there's always somebody watching at the combine. And that's what they, re they, they, they realize and have to realize, but sometimes forget. And that's what they're watching. Not, that's one of the things for me. Um, but, yeah, like I say, trade on Burks is one. Here's an interesting one, though, right, Paul? Kenyon Green. Now, I am interested in what his 10-yard split and his, his broad jump's going to be. Explosive testing. But Dallas are saying they're not going to meet with him. Hmm. Now, do you think that that's them trying to divert? So they're like, let's not try and tell the NFL, the 31 other teams, what our pick's going to be. Or is there genuinely no interest in it? I'm pretty sure they did that before, didn't they? they not there's smoke and mirrors everywhere in the draft. Is yeah. that not yeah. the case with Byron Jones years ago? Um, I did come a little bit of surprise, but I think... More than anything, they made that pick because if it, because there's a good example of a combine getting a guy a draft pick that Byron Jones absolutely smashed the hops, the jumping drills. He, he was just like, or he was breaking records. So then the Cowboys went, hmm, and that's where that came about. The Byron Jones was maybe on their radar, but the combine increased their interest, if you like. I'm trying yeah. to remember. I'm pretty certain it was the broad jump. That he's got the record in. 
I'm for, it is. for Byron Jones, yeah, he's broad mm. jump. He, he was both broad jump and high jump as well, or the the vertical leap as the well. Vert, I think yeah. he was. Um, but I think one of them's been surpassed since then. So it may have been. Um, yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah. I think the vert did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but here's quite another interesting one: a guy that's been spoken about by the staff, the scouts at Dallas Cowboys is quarterback Bailey Zappi. There has been some interest that they're on about bringing him in for an informal interview. Mm. I, I think, if anything, it's a backup quarterback, puts some um, competition with Dak, kind of. You know, he's not a guy that's going to push for a starting role from Dak. But it's an interesting... Yep. Um, and interesting where they're going to be. One of the other guys as well I forgot to mention is uh, Boya Maffey uh, from Minnesota. I think there's interest with him. Pass Russia, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see if he gets an interview with the Cowboys. And I want to see, because he has had uh, an informal one, I want to see if he gets a full one. But for him, it's going to be measurables. I want to see what his wingspan is going to be, his arm length, his sizes, because that's going to be quite important. If he comes up, with adequate numbers, I think that's going to be a guy that they go ahead and get. Um, Drake London is a wide receiver who could have been wide receiver one, um, but it's going to be on the medicals with him, ACL injury. And here's one for you, Paul, a guy to watch, uh, which we've already mentioned, is Sky Moore, uh, wide receiver Western Michigan. I want to see what his agility drills are. And um, his catching drills, so you know, like it's the gauntlet and the, the yeah, and the, yeah. The, the deep catching drills that's gonna be really interesting. And here's a funny one with him, he, seems, he's to be, he seems to be a really popular choice within all the Dallas Cowboys content creators right now. Mm, uh, everyone, everyone likes to look at him, mm, I think he's quite. Yeah popular across the board, mind. But a funny one with him that I was going to say that I want to be watching is um, just his general swagger around the place because he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got a lot to prove. I want to see if he goes out there with that uh, just because he does have that. And I want to see if he brings that to the combine because that would be that would be interesting to see that he's, he, that that is his personality, you know. Uh, I don't know if you've got anything to add on that, though, Lorne. No, no, I think I think um, you know it is it's all about how they conduct themselves, how they mm. how they test. Obviously, the the main things the the medicals that come through as well. But yeah. we, we obviously we've been talking the last couple of days about the uh, the Wonderlick test as well. That gives them a good idea as well. Um, and they're actually not going to do it this year, no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, uh, it, I was it's reading just, today it, that they they they're clearing yeah. the wonderlick off. Right. It's yeah, just I, I I find it a useful tool. I mean, I I could see that being a a, a a must for anybody that's doing a job because, if, particularly if you're having to make snap decisions, it's can you take the information, can you process it, and can you give the the relevant answer? It's not um you know it's it's not so much about um, you know whether you're getting all the right answers, but are you are you be able to do it within the time period as mu as much as anything? So yeah. Um, Just so you know, Wadamaya is doing quite well actually in, in the combine at the moment. 
every time he yeah. pops up, I'm keeping an eye on him. Um, but yeah, the only other guy who seems to be one of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not problem guys, but about a guy nobody seems to be able to um, have a consensus on is Travis Jones of Connecticut. He's a defensive tackle, one tech Paul, which we were speaking about. Um, some guys have him in their top 10. Some guys have him barely in, a, in the top 100. And this is some of the bigger guys um, who are doing this. So there's like a really wild consensus on where he fits. But I want to see where his athletic profile comes in, especially his explosive drills. Because I think the Cowboys could be in the market for a one-tech and that could be a guy that, that fits it. Because his, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like where, where people uh, opinions lie with him could be a place where the Cowboys would could say in day three if he's still available, go right, let's pull the trigger on him because these opinions are so all over the place. Raymond, like we said, offensive tackle. I think this is a good place for him to push because at the moment he's sitting as offensive tackle, say five. I think he could push into the top three with a good test. Um, Icky, on the other hand, he could push for. I think he could actually go as offensive tackle number one with a good day uh, yep. down there. And then the guy we were speaking about before, Trevor Penning, um, test scores are going to help him, I think, the most in terms of um, his draft stock. That That's one of the guys. Then somebody, I know, guys, this is, you know, we're talking safety and it's the Cowboys, but keep an eye on Jalen Petrie. Jalen Petra. Yeah. Uh, so when we get to the defensive backs on Monday, go stick an eyeball down on him. Because um, honestly, he he had this weird part of playing in the box a lot. So he didn't really cover a lot um, while he was playing. Then all of a sudden he goes to the senior bowl and he smashes it. All he did was play free safety, you know, and that cover two. Yeah. Uh, and he, he did really, really well. So all of a sudden he goes from being in the top 100 to being a top 50 player just in one game. And I think with good test scores, this is a guy that could solidify himself as a day two pick and that fits the Cowboy scheme perfectly because he's so versatile because he can play in the box, he can play free, he can play in the slot. So I, I think the versatility will do him absolute wonders. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean that senior that, that senior bowl the the pick that he made in the game that was just that was a center field free safety typical play. I mean that was mm. you know he, he was over the, he was, yeah he was over the other side of the field came came yeah. across made the play Flying. and took, took mm -hmm. it twenty yards back or whatever. So um, yeah, exactly. And, and if, effectively shut down the game as well. So um, yeah. Yeah. He, I, he's already put himself in a, a good stead, and I mean, but, um, I, I heard that Dane describe that everybody from Baylor who's turned out for the combine this week—it's like a track meet. All yeah, it is. Are, mm. They're they're all going to be high-end athletic testing. Even the offensive mm -hmm. linemen—they'll be running very fast, forty it's, yards. It's what they like, and that's why I'm saying the test scores are going to be important because if he if he does have some good test scores, then you're seeing a guy. Who's shown versatility shows a good athletic profile. That's a day two guy, you know. The only problem that you you have is obviously playing in Baylor and how he was being utilised there. 
thickness of your tape is very limited on what you can try and understand in terms of his game. Um, the only other guy I, I was going to talk about was Zion Johnson, because I think that's the only guy... <laughs> <laughs> uh, very true. There it is. And in fact, Jalen, what are my signatures over there? But uh, he, um, yeah, he did it. My, he did yeah. it on the flag folded up, so it's a bit squiff. Yeah, Chris, uh, Mike is an Aggie. That's all he talks about. <laughs> um, I mean, it is interesting. Zion Johnson. I think that's that could be a day two guy. The Cowboys go after two. So I, I'm not. I'm going to be watching more than anything the interactions the Cowboys have with him. Do they have any with him? If they do, keep an eye on Zion Johnson because if they have any at all, then look out. That's the guy they're going for. And going back to Christopher's conversation on Jalen is I think if they're interested in him, they may pull the trigger a bit too early and try and take Jalen in the second round. I just think that the sweet spot for tight end this year is the third round. And I think that's perhaps maybe why they're looking at a, a, a guy like Isaiah Likely as well and Kate Otten, because they're more of a guy that... Because Jalen is going to be one of the earlier tight ends to go. Like, he could be the first. Uh, and I'm not saying it because I'm an Aggie, but I think Trey McBride in the Senior Bowl um, left a lot more to be desired in terms of his play. He didn't play badly, but he didn't play. There was parts of it where you were like, like with Trey McBride, the, the best way to explain it is that he's more of an F type tight end. He he has both parts. He'll play the Y, but I just think that as an F, you need to have really solid hands. You need to be able to run good routes and catch everything that comes your way. And Trey was dropping balls during the whole senior ball week in practice and the game. And then you just think, you wonder. Is that really want to put my my entire stock in? Where Jalen Waramaya, he's again not a perfect tight end, but I think because of what happened in the senior bowl with Trey, I think that's slightly pushed Jalen up. And yeah, I'm just watching the further interactions the Cowboys have with him. Oh, albeit I'd say that um, I was quite surprised this week that uh, Dame Brugler doesn't seem to be quite as high on him as um, other people. I mean, obviously couple of the guides I've already got are saying uh, he's going to be a second rounder. Could be. Dane would actually probably have him as a as a third rounder. So that's that's my, you know, there, my choice. There yeah. does seem to be a sort of big discrepancy um at the moment of where these guys fit in. But you know, again at this point of time, it you know, nobody's boards are really firmed up and you know you you look at um, mock drafts that are being done at the moment and, you know, they'll be completely different as you get to the week before the draft when everything's firmed up and you've got a good idea of who everybody's picking. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you just have to see how it goes. Yeah, like I say, the third round for me is the sweet spot for tight end. That includes Jalen as well. But I just think yep. that because of supply and demand and need for the Dallas Cowboys, especially with what's happened with Blake, that if they, they, they're talking with him, there is a chance that you're going to be looking at him being the option in the second round because they're going to have to... Because he won't be there for the third. So do they 
perhaps even maybe trade down in the second in the hope that he'll will still king come to them and it gives them a bit more draft capital say early day three yep that that, that that's but and then i don't feel so bad about the pick then you feel okay yeah i'm happy with that but it's going to be the the interactions the cowboys have with him in the combine now is going to tell you everything you need to know because he's going to yep. be there at dallas day so they're going to have interactions with him there. So, although I, I saw something, Bobby Belt had said he doesn't actually. Although he's Texas, he's, he doesn't um, doesn't actually qualify for Dallas Day. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll go um, check that. Yeah, it was. I think it was Bobby Belt had posted something that was retweeted by Brian Brothers or whatever. But um, there was question marks over whether he is a Dallas Day prospect. Mm, um, okay, I'll check it. That's interesting because I thought he did qualify, but if that's the case, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah but I mean that—that's the ones. I, and I think what we'll do is before we do the prospect project again on Tuesday. So on the Monday, I think I'll probably do a, a piece on people who we liked and uh, think left some to be desired from the combine. So we'll put that out on Monday because um, by then as well, the defensive backs would have been. Uh, done as well, so because there's some of the safeties there you've got to take a look at because safety is a big hole for the Cowboys as well, yet again. Um, but there is that that problem there. But I think if we start to uh wrap things up on this one, have you guys got anyone you want to talk about or say before we start to finish things up? Like I said, like I'm, I'm still trying to play catch up with the whole combine and get to know the players, so I don't really have mm-hmm. much else to really add on at the moment. My my main focus has just been obviously with the London story it's been going about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think obviously Paul and I have got a vested interest as we've talked about before. Um, Michigan's David Ojabo. <laughs> um, yes, I, I've, been, I've been watching some of the videos that have been put on various defensive linemen um, and yeah. Twitter pages, uh, Instagram pages, the videos of him in training at the moment, he seems to have the the sort of Randy Gregory almost 90 degrees to the ground um, yeah. flexi- flexibility. So I will but, say this, Lord, I will say this. If we do get David Ajabo, obviously I'm going to be over the moon that the fact we've got a Scottish representative <laughs> in yeah. Dallas but we've got a potential, an absolute baller potential, because he is still quite raw. Yeah, like, he's not. He's, he's not very he's not, inexperienced. Yeah, well, obviously, but yeah. but he's what you've what, you what you've got to worry about is the Giants seem to be putting together a collection of Scottish players at the moment. <laughs> Graham Gano is kicker. Yeah. They've got Jamie Gillen as their punter, mm. and you know. Are, are, they tra- are they almost trying to book their way into Wembley as well? Yeah. Back to how we started the broadcast, um, you know, by saying, "Oh, we've got all this UK interest by having all these ex-UK players that." Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, can, can no, it's pick, true. To pick somebody up, but 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 Ojabo, there's a good guy again to watch because it, it very much is. You know, like you're going to be looking at the physical gifts that he does have which he has a lot of, but it's the inexperience and, um, you know, because that's what he relies on. He relies on his abilities and his measurables as well. His measurables are going to be something to look at too, because 
his arm length, his wingspan, his hand size. Um, they're all going to be you're you're going to look at it all and go, whew, that's a, that, he's a monster because yeah. he is. Um, but the issues are obviously his inexperience, which then shows up in inconsistencies in the game. Um, you know, because he he's lacking nuance basically. Yeah, is the best. Yeah, way to I mean, he's, he's literally he's played one year of high school football, two years of uh, yeah. or say one and a half years because last year was um twenty. 20, tw- it was uh, um, A, it was a COVID short, short yeah, year, and obviously right. he was playing behind guys like Quitty Pay and what mm-hmm. have you, so it, it wasn't expected to do a hell of a lot. I personally would have thought he'd be better, you know, he's a redshirt sophomore, he would have probably mm-hmm. been better staying in college another year. Agree, agree with but you. Then, but then you've, you've got the potential that, obviously, there was a whole thing about whether... Um, the, the Michigan coach jump ship and come back to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does that every time he's yeah. due a contract, so don't worry. Yeah, you can't you can't guarantee that. Obviously, with Hutchinson moving, you know, was he still going to have that that he could play off? That you know, um, or would he have to step up and be the alpha dog? You know, so yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a question of sort of juggling your time, and I think and... obviously. Go on, go on, go on, continue. Sorry yeah, no, to interrupt. You know, you you've got to pick the best time to actually come out, and obviously, yeah. you know, he's he's obviously had enough people say, "Oh, we reckon you're going to be a first round pick," um, you know, and that's prompted them to come out now. So his in his interviews, I think, are going to be the most important because I don't think he's going to have issues with the the test scores. They're going to be like, especially like you know, his height, weight. Um, measurements on, on test scorings are going to be very, very high. Because, you know, people always yeah. say, like, oh, he's in the 95th percentile and all this. But it's like, yeah, but you need to equate into the equation, which I've got charts on as well. This is how sad my life is. Got charts on their height and their weight and the speeds and where that marks. Because, obviously, the taller you are, the slower you'll run. Short guys need to run faster. Bigger guys yeah. will run slow. And it, it gives you a chart on an equation. I think with a Jabba, they're all going to be like in the high corner. And you just be like, wow, that is incredible. I think with a Jabba, the important part is going to be the interviews. So coaches are going to want to know what you know. They're going to do the old whiteboard on him, go, what, what, what is the play? What do you see? And they're going to try and find yeah. out what he knows. Because um, there's no trouble with that. But not to burst your bubble, I just worry with Ojabo whether the Cowboys will pull the trigger on him because he's a Michigan player and they've been stung by them before. Yeah. That it, that I, it's going to be it's the same group. Jerry Jones, uh, Will McClay, Stephen Jones, they're going to sit there and go, you want to take a Michigan guy after what we got with Taco Charlton? Yeah. But, uh, and but, they, I they mean, are I think, like that. They are like that. Yeah, I mean, t- Taco. I think you know, he was he was never projected to be a first rounder, a first really. Rounder. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and you know, why the hell he managed to do whatever job he did on the the, the Cowboys uh, scouting team or whatever. Um, you know, I don't I don't know, but um, for some reason he suddenly popped up on their board and said, "Yeah, we we like this guy." Mm. Um, you, you got to think that obviously we could have had TJ Watt, but yeah, 
but then there was Maybe. questions about whether TJ Watt could do what Rod Marinelli wanted him to do. Um, Personally, you know, I don't think he would have fitted a 4-3. No, no. Where, obviously, if we had somebody like Dan Quinn or even, dare I say, if, if you go back to the Mike Nolan scheme as well, both of them, the, the defensive end, nine times out of ten, are in a two-point stance now. There's at least yeah. one defensive end is in a two-point stance. You're almost a 3-4 linebacking uh, scheme, and that, that defensive end is playing that that outside linebacker almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, somebody like Ojabo would be a good fit there. I don't think, he, likewise, I don't think he's a hand in, hand on the ground guy uh, predominantly. Um, he is. He, he is he, a hand on the ground guy, did you say? No, I don't think he is. I think he's more, most of the rushes that you see, he's coming from a stand-up yeah, yeah, yeah. In a 3-4, th- in a, in a like, outside linebacker type. Yeah, sort of 3-4 yeah. edge guy. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm making sure you were saying that right in my head as well. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. did he say that? <laughs> or did he say the opposite way around of how I'm looking at it? Yeah, I'm, I agree with you there, yeah. Yeah. So, is there's another guy. Trayvon Walker, there's another guy. I'm trying to think if there are any more guys. Travis Jones is a particularly tricky one. You don't really know where what he's going to do with that. And DeMarvin Leal, I know that's an A&M guy, but I think it would be more than anything to be interesting to interview him to find out that he's this insanely athletic guy, um, has all the tools and the traits, so why wasn't he more productive? That would be my question to yeah. him. Like, yeah. Why didn't you, what was the score there? Why were you holding, what was holding you back? You know, that would be the thing I would ask. Uh, but okay, let's start to wrap things up here then, guys, and then we can uh, leave you with our usual clip. But yes, guys, if you're going to a game this year, make sure you book it with Cowboys Experience. They have game day tickets, meet and greets, tailgate parties, entire packages for you as well. Uh, obviously, if you are going to book with them, make sure you use the discount code UK Cowboys. Because what happens, guys? You get free stuff. Free stuff. You gig go boys. And of course, make sure you go and follow a lot of our friends, which are on the screen right now. Give them a follow, give them a shout, uh, say hello to them for us. Um, and in fact, Tuck, we might actually be with him over the weekend. We'll see how that goes. Um, but we will be back on Tuesday uh with the prospect project again. Uh one minute. What have we got this? I can't remember. Me and Brian went through it. We are looking at wide receivers. There we go. <laughs> So it'll be wide receivers next week, picking a selection of them and going through them, going into detail. But we will be back before then on Monday with our list of combine guys that we liked. Um, I'll put a list up uh, of yeses and noes, plain and simple. Green tick for yes, red tick for no. Um, But go on, you got something you was going to say, Paul? I was just going to say, stay tuned for the tra- for the trailer. <laughs> yes, and we'll bang the trailer up, and then we will see you guys all after the weekend. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, guys. See you, all see you later, guys. Have a good see one. See you later, guys. <laughs>